0: Hello, and welcome to the ChannelBuzz.ca podcast. I'm Robert Dutt, editor of ChannelBuzz.ca, and as always, your host for the show. Today, on this last day of February, we'll wrap up our annual year-end podcast series as we check in with Bob Bonneau. Country Manager for ESET Canada, about the business for the company in 2022 and what they're expecting to see in 2023. We discuss why the company's first half and second half results look so different last year, the continuing shift towards bundling in cloud, and the launch of security services from ESET, and we'll get into ESET's priorities and goals for 2023, what partners can expect from the company, and the security trends you're likely to be facing in the trenches this year a great conversation. So let's get right into it. My chat with ESET Canada's Bob Bonneau. Bob, thanks so much for joining us again this year. Glad to to have you aboard.
1: Yeah, thanks, Rob. I appreciate the invitation. Always love the opportunity to have a chat with you.
0: Um, just sort of throw it open. Your your thoughts, sort of the the headline, as it were, the uh, the the big events, the uh, the newsmakers for for ESET in Canada in uh, in twenty twenty two. Yeah, twenty
1: twenty two was it was an interesting year for us for sure. I think there's we learned a, a lot. If we you know, if we look at twenty twenty two from a results perspective, I think people are always interested in that. Um, you know, it was really a tale of two halves for us. The first half, I think uh, we were still under COVID restrictions, certainly the start of the Russian invasion in Ukraine, which I guess today sadly references the one year anniversary of that, um, mm-hmm. you know, was playing it playing out, um, you know, from a performance wise perspective, our B2B business was, was uh, relatively flat in the first half of last year. Uh, and we saw modest growth in our MSP business with single digit declines in consumer and, you know, while certainly not as, as pervasive as, you know, uh, what I think others experienced from the from the great resignation perspective, we did see a bit of uh, turnover in the first half. But happy to say, as we kind of went into second half, we, we really stabilized the team, brought in some amazing new talent. Um, and we saw 14% growth in the second half on our SMB business, 10% yeah. growth in our MSP business, and we really flattened out the consumer side of it. So it was really, you know, a tale of two halves from a results perspective. Um, If we're talking about kind of newsmakers or developments from our perspective, significant for for 2022, uh, it was really, we continued with our shift, I guess, in emphasis to to, to really kind of promote our bundles and moving to our customers to higher tier, but specifically cloud. So we launched cloud product and we really, I think from a posture perspective, shifted to cloud first, obviously while still wanting to offer freedom of choice to our our customers. So we still have on-prem, but I think our stance was cloud first. we launched security services for us. It was was huge. It was kind of uh, if you talk to my sales team, they would say they were they were you know, eagerly waiting for the launch of that. And so our security services came to market, including our full MDR uh, service offering, which was which was big for us last year. Started with development. Um, we also continue to kind of work with our systems and tools, and really kind of trying to operationally enhance uh, how we are, but also improve uh, our business results as part of that. And so. I guess one example would be we launched Renewal as a service. Uh, we, can refer, we refer to that as RAS internally. And for, 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 for those that might not know what that means, it's really it was a, a tool that we came up with. Um, the goal was really to address an area of the market where we were seeing the, the highest customer attrition or really lowest renewal rate. And that's in that really small seat count segment size. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think we appreciate as much as, as any how, how hard it is sometimes to flex as an organization to get down to those small C-count opportunities. And so we we launched this tool as something partners could choose to opt into, which really handed over the management of those smaller customers to ESET. Um, it, it, it allowed us to take advantage of our, our marketing automation and customer engagement through our CLM system or our customer lifecycle management system. Number one, to ensure um, success, uh, customer satisfaction during their term. but but more importantly, tee that up for a renewal. And so collectively, I think the benefit for both Eastend and the partner was it was about going after business that we don't have today. We're both kind of missing out on. And in exchange for that, um, we we gave full transparency. So we give partners full reporting on those customers that do renew uh, with us. We also give them margin. So we, pay them, uh, we mm-hmm. pay them their full margin based on their metal level for that closed business. And we give them revenue credit towards their metal level. So that was an example of a, something we, we brought out to try to address. You know where we were collectively losing business. You know, think from a partner perspective, it becomes hands off. Um, mm. They allow us to manage it, but there's full transparency. They can re-engage at any time, and so um, we're seeing about a 10% increase in renewal rates globally for those that are using it. It's newer for Canada, so we're starting to see some partners adopt it, and we're excited about that. Um, what else? 2022. We certainly bolstered our investment in brand awareness and our progress protective value statement as a means to really try to help drive additional market pull. We know that we're probably one of the lesser known brands. And so we consciously added more uh, investment in that area. That included our, an exciting partnership with the Calgary Flames. So, um, mm-hmm. you know, if you if you've watched the game, hopefully you've seen our, our logo prominently displayed uh, on their ice surface. So that was pretty exciting. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess lastly, some exciting partnerships, right? So we launched a partnership with Intel, um, as well as with the U.S. federal government, which was more recently announced but initiated last year. Um, the, the, the SM, so the partnership with Intel is obviously, you know, us working with them to increase ransomware protection for SMBs, which com- really combines, you know, our sor- our software-based detection with their now new hardware-based threat detection technology with their VPro product. And on the U.S. federal government side, this is pretty exciting for us, but we were approached to join their joint cyber defense collaborative. I'm not sure if you're aware of of, of who they are, but it was established in 2021 um, by the United States uh, Department of Homeland Security. And it was really their effort to say, how do I combine private sector business with the capabilities of of them as a federal government in terms of ensuring the maximum protection for the U.S. for the United States? And so Mm -hmm. we're pretty excited to be asked to join that. Um, for us, I think collaboration and cybersecurity is 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 critical. And, you know, as a smaller vendor, to be asked to join um, this type of collaborative in partnership with some of the top technology companies in the world, I think was really, really important for us and exciting for us at the same time. And if I if I could parlay that, sorry, I'm going on here, but if I could parlay that back to the the, the, the brand awareness thing, I think these types of partnerships um, really talk to the value of of what ESET's doing as a company. And in my view, you know, when we're looking at when we're talking about brand awareness and filling those gaps, these partnerships, I think, really start to further aid in, in justifying, you know, opportunity discovery conversations that we're looking to have with whether it be a potential new end customer or a potential partner.
0: I think you I think you provide some hints along the way there, but what, what were sort of the biggest drivers in uh, in that that turnaround into the second half that you uh, that you described early in, in your comments there. Yeah, I mean, I think this, for sure, the opening up that
1: happened in the second half of, of last year really uh, helped us as from a sales motion perspective. We're, we're a smaller team in Canada, and I think as things opened up and we had that ability to kind of be in front of partners again, be in front of customers a little bit more helped in starting to fuel some of that growth. But I think a lot of things happened in the industry that started to fuel things from a, from a requirements perspective. Um you know i think there's a lot of a lot of whether that be influences um, by by insurance as an example right and driving requirements for um, mm-hmm. certain types of solutions that customers need to have in place to renew cybersecurity policies i think there's a lot of influences that started kicking in that helped to continue to fuel uh, I think there was also a shift in, in, in um, brand preference. Certainly, you know, again, we talked about the the, the invasion of uh, Ukraine by Russia. I think there was customers looking to shift partnerships from maybe who they were currently partnered with um, to uh, other solution areas that presented us with some opportunities as well.
0: Moving, moving towards looking looking toward the future as as uh, as risk fraught as that may be in uh, in this era but what are you uh, you know here sitting here just about two months into 2023 what are you sort of expecting to see what are you guys focusing on and prioritizing uh, for the course of this year?
1: Yeah I mean if the simple answer to that is obviously you know growth. that's our the name <laughs> of the game I think anyone would answer the question the same way. Um, I think that the, the emphasis from our perspective is really going to be on, on on new business growth. So we've always been very, very good at customer retention. When we when we when we collectively build partnerships with end customers, with our partners, we tend to be really good at holding on to them. And more importantly, we 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 grow those partnerships, not just in seat count as they grow, but in um, moving them up that technology stack for higher mm-hmm. level protection. They tend to buy more. So we've always had a good. Track record or that, I think the shift this year will really be on growth through new business. To, to help fuel that, we're going to invest more in direct to end user engagement again. And that's really in an effort to, to, to fuel pipeline, to help build um, growth opportunities for our partners as well. So you'll see us kind of involve ourselves more in the end customer conversation uh, to drive new opportunities that will turn back into the partners. Uh, and then lastly, obviously, channel recruit and, and enablement is, is going to continue to be a primary focus for us this year. Um, recruit to a lesser degree. I, I don't, I'm not about just kind of adding numbers to uh, here's our authorized partner list, but really around enablement, looking for those partners that really want to kind of work with us. Um, and we want to make sure that those, those partnerships are, are extremely beneficial to them.
0: Making sure folks are, uh, are moving up that, uh, mm-hmm. that, that medal list. Yes, absolutely. I'm curious as you've been ch- chatting with partners in the in the first couple of months here of, of 2023. What are you What are you hearing from them? How are they feeling about their business? Um, I, I I get the feeling that there's there's still a sense of optimism out there in, in terms of growth opportunities. At the same time, there are all kinds of questions as to what the economy is now, much less what we're going to be facing in the near future. Just just curious what you're hearing from partners about how they're feeling about their prospects.
1: Yeah, I I think generally speaking, the feedback that we're hearing is is, you kind of hit on it a little bit, right? I think there's there's, there's skepticism around just the overall economy, but then when you put that aside, there's so much driving demand for what we do. um, And I think partners that are focused in cybersecurity, they recognize that opportunity. So we kind of sit, I think that the general consensus, we sort of sit somewhat outside of the general economic kind of scope because of what's happening. And so, You know, when we look at some of the trends that we're seeing, right, this is continued increase in attacks, a rise in regulatory, uh, you know, government involvement, penalties, insurance Mm -hmm. and other influences that are driving, you know, not only the types of solutions that need to be available in the market, but demand for them. I think when you combine that with, you know, the explosion of IoT and, and, you know, remote work continuing to be uh, prevalent, I think SMBs are just struggling, right? So they're looking to adopt... Um, Managed security services, and more and more, as an example. So I think those are all fueling growth opportunities. Uh, you know, and lastly, I think we're seeing you know uh, an increase in, in in the recognition to fill gaps around cybersecurity awareness, right? I think that mm. I think most companies are already kind of have a practice there to make sure that that happens, but shifting that to really becoming a secure security aware culture, I think is something that businesses are focusing on. So those are all kind of areas that are just fueling growth, and it's. And it's, it's it's almost by necessity. It's not. It's no longer. Hey, well, this is a nice to have. It's a need to have. Right. Especially when you layer on some of those government involved uh, policies and penalties that are that are associated with them.
0: All right. Given the, given all that that's out there, um, uh, what what would you say is sort of the biggest untapped or under realized opportunity for partners in the security space right now? If you were if you were sort of pointing the business towards uh, towards new opportunity, where would you point? Yeah, so, from a focus perspective, for, from
1: from a guidance to partners, at least from where, where we sit, from any set perspective, um, I think you know continuing to work with um, with their customers to understand how their their, their environments are changing, um, how, what their what their key kind of key areas of struggle are. When we look mm-hmm. at SMBs, we surveyed the SMB market. You know, the, the survey was loud and clear in some in terms of the results of them feeling an increased sense of vulnerability. Uh, more vulnerable than SMBs, struggles to, to, to deal with um, um, skilled sort shortage um, that we see in, in, in our industry, as well as just, just budget constraints. And so shifting the conversations to more security um, services, I think is important. You know, from an ESET perspective, we want that conversation to be, uh, you know, one that makes sense for partners in terms of uh, the ability to earn margin on, on ESET-led um, security services. and so I think you know, just just changing the posture with with customers, um, we see a big opportunity again, we talked about it in moving customers up the security stack. I think mm. you know we've got a lot of customers that are still kind of on that basic tier of protection, but I think that's changing. I think that it's that we know they know they need more. They're struggling with budget, so we need to be creative on how we make that happen. but the 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 budget-led decision-making criteria i think is shifting to more of what's max protection and how do i figure out a way to accommodate that um we're even seeing that on the consumer side of things which is actually interesting who has historically Mm. always been extremely Um, price-led we're seeing you know from from a consumer perspective they're 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 just moving to max protection as opposed to what's Mm. the cheapest antivirus product i can get on the market which is interesting
0: so, so in the in the in the business space, um, what do you see as sort of the the typical cadence for a customer that comes on at that sort of base level to move up through the through the ranks, as it were? And is is that accelerating? It's it's one hundred percent accelerating.
1: We if we look at the amount of conversations that we're having now midterm, it's it, I think that's in itself a big indicator that um, you know. They checked the box at some point, and maybe it's a one-year, two-year, or three-year term. And, and they're coming to us way in advance of even the expiry of that term, realizing that they need to do more, right? There's hmm. so much happening. Again, when they talk, when we talk about what they're experiencing from an increase in in, in uh, exposure and, and threat attempts or attack attempts, it's 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 significant. And so they realize their their exposure is just. It's just wild and they need to address it quickly and they're coming to us again midterm to say we need to, we need to move ourselves up that security stack. So having a proactive approach to working with customers, especially those that are on a more basic level, I think is, is an opportunity to make sure that we're in the best position possible to be in the, on the front line of that conversation around, around what more they could be doing, certainly with, with ESET and with our partners.
0: All right. Uh, it feels for the last few years like like ransomware has kind of been the 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 big headline getter, the the big attention getter in terms of of security threats. Do you see that continuing to be the big one, or are there are there factors that we uh, maybe aren't paying as much attention to that are uh, that are sneaking up on us?
1: I, I think ransomware is going to continue to be a a, a huge trend. Um, if we look at what we're seeing right now. Um, We talked a bit about this, but the, you know, the increased attacks, the rises in regulatory and government involvement and penalties are going to continue to kind of Mm -hmm. move. Uh, I think what you'll, you'll also see a a big increase in in state sponsored attacks, certainly this year. I think the, when I looked it up, I I think the number is somewhere around 70 countries are are going through some level of government election this year. So I think Mm -hmm. state sponsored attacks are going to continue to rise this year. And I think what's important about, about that is the association of risk to critical infrastructure That's a, that, that can be associated with state-level attacks. And I think so, you know, companies today, they, they they review their internal cybersecurity posture, how protected am I? But all of a sudden, I think it's going to be important for them to look at, well, what happens if my power goes out for an extended period of time? What's the impact of my business of that? So now all of a sudden, you know, protecting themselves against what could be a cyber attack could be more around... Do I have a generator that's going to keep me running for, you know, a longer period of time? Should there be a prolonged exposure to power as an example? So I, th- I think that yeah. the span of what's involved in cyber attack is now bleeding out to critical infrastructure. And then lastly, we talked about, I think, cyber security awareness and that, that, that continued effort to address what I think everyone would appreciate as the biggest area of vulnerability. And that's people mm-hmm. is making sure that they're continuing to build that security aware culture. I think that's going to be a big focus for this year as well.
0: Um, uh, you, you, you touched on this to a uh, to a degree, but we'll just to just to kind of bring it home, what can what can partners expect uh, from ESET and, and ESAT Canada in particular over the uh, the balance of the year? Yeah, for sure. So, I mean, we talked about an
1: increased channel engagement for sure is 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 where we're focused. Um, talked a bit about about it, but increased end customer engagement, both you know, to ensure our existing customers are satisfied, so that we're teed up for success on that kind of journey to renew customers, but more importantly. Um, as a means to to kind of fuel growth through new customer opportunities. Um, We certainly want to kind of use that as leverage to build, continue to build partnerships with those partners that are, you know, committed to us. Um, Evolution of product, I think is probably key for this year. If you look at, you know, you said of the last kind of 12 or 18 or 24 months, there's been a lot of product announcements where bigger kind of moves in terms of our product portfolio. I think this year, um, it's really around turning dials and optimizing our, our, our offerings this year. So you'll continue to see uh, things like an example we want to launch ESET Hub, which would which would really become our new single pane of glass management console, replacing a couple that we've got in place today and delivering a much better experience. Um, MDR Lite is another thing that we're kind of working on. And, and really, that's just, we talked about it a bit, right? We've got SMB customers who are really adopting at a rapid pace what would historically have been viewed as an enterprise-level solution, right? Whether that's an EDR, XDR, or MDR service. So it's important for us to make sure that we've got offerings in place that kind of really can serve to the to those smaller SMB customers as they look to kind of adopt those. ESET um, threat intelligence reporting and, and advanced participant th- uh, threat reporting um, is something that we've had, what we're bringing to market as an offer this year. And really that's targeted towards... And customers or partners who may operate SOCKS and being able to kind of tap into some of the amazing work that's done by our research and development teams around the world and helping to improve their security posture. We're also going to start talking to I think ISPs for the first time uh, with a new NetProtect product mm-hmm. offering that we've got focused uh, on, uh, on NSPs or ISPs, sorry, and uh, and really it's a DNS filtering tool that they can use to add value to their customers. Uh, and lastly, we talked about it, but brand awareness, right? We, mm. we know we've got a gap there, right, from a brand awareness perspective. Um, but we made some really good improvements last year, and we want to continue to do that this year. So we'll continue to invest in brand brand awareness. Again, I see that as a, as, a, as just a, a way to fuel growth to help partners as well. So we'll continue to focus in that area.
0: All right, great. Um, as as always, it feels like there's a lot going on in the world of security. I appreciate you taking the time to uh, to break it down with us.
1: No, I appreciate the opportunity to have a chat, and then you know, Robert. Anytime we can do this, it's great. And to 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 whomever may be listening, partners, uh, especially, I you know, I welcome any opportunity to have a, a conversation with them. Uh, for those that are working with us today, that may have a like a toe in the water with us, we'd love the opportunity to figure out how we make that partnership a bit more strategic. To those that are, you know, already strategically aligned with us, we appreciate your business more than than uh, than than I could say. And uh, we, we look to continue to grow with you. So again, I appreciate the opportunity to have this chat with you and, and uh, you know, I wish you all the best this year. To you as well, Bob. Thank you. Thanks, Bob.
0: There you have it. Highlights for 2022 and what's to come this year courtesy of ESET Canada's country manager, Bob Bonneau. I'd like to thank Bob for joining us for the show. Thank ESET Canada for their continuing support of the site. And of course, thank you for listening. The podcast will be back on Thursday as we talk the Cisco Partner Innovation Challenge with Cisco's Alex Pujols. Find out what the challenge is, how it's expanded over the last five years, and how you can get in on some big bets with the networking vendor. Till then, though, we would invite you to subscribe to the podcast in your app of choice. And if you haven't already and you feel so inclined, we'd really appreciate a rating and review in that app. Till next time, I'm Robert Dutt for ChannelBuzz.ca. Stay safe out there, and I'll see you around the channel.